Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me on the Fox Sports app and at foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. The topics I need to get to are piling up like that massive car crash on the Pennsylvania Turnpike the other day. If that was indeed the Turnpike and not just some regular old highway that uh, because of fog and snow if you haven't seen it go check it out crazy crazy and even crazier is the guy who was uh videoing all of it uh, from the side of the road when at any moment one of those cars careening through the fog and snow could have run up right up against him but i digress let's get to it as much as i want to skip ahead and talk about something that we briefly touched on two mornings ago on First Things First, which was the idea that LeBron James uses teams up, and if we've reached that point with the Los Angeles Lakers, I'm sensitive to the fact that some fans believe the media spends entirely too much time talking about LeBron James. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. That is because fans spend an inordinate amount of time talking or reading, or posting, or thinking about LeBron James. We, the media, are a reflection of you, the fans. We're a mirror. We're not fire starters. Now, I would agree that the media has taken that concept too far, which is really just a business decision, that the media should operate at least somewhat autonomously and introduce new material and topics that they believe are valuable or should be or would be valuable to their audience. But the competition for eyeballs is so fierce, attention spans are so short, and time is so precious that it's hard to veer away from what is a known bell ringer like LeBron. So I'm not going to talk about LeBron, but about two other subjects. The first, John Morant, the Memphis Grizzlies' sensational point guard and his chances of winning MVP, either this season or somewhere down the road. The second topic 
what we saw from Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kevin Durant in their epic showdown that resulted in the Bucks winning in overtime thanks to two clutch free throws by Antetokounmpo and missed potential game winners by Kevin Durant, both at the end of regulation and overtime. But first, to Ja. The answer to the first question, his chances of winning MVP this season, is easy. He has no chance. The answer to the second, if he will win MVP at some point, no doubt. But voters simply don't jump to anoint someone MVP that fast. And this year was Ja's, essentially his coming out party. His and the Grizzlies collectively. The battle, I believe, is going to come down to Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And at this point, I still believe it's going to be a battle between Jokic and Embiid, although Giannis is putting up a hell of a finish. What concerns me, well, maybe concern is the wrong word, because by now I've come to accept that regardless of what I think the appropriate outcome should be, I realize it may not go that way. In fact, chances are pretty good it won't. So I've learned not to get upset. It's a big world. There are a lot of people in it with a lot of different opinions. And some of them happen to cover the NBA, just as I do. As a friend of mine likes to say, there's no point in getting upset when life gets lifey. I don't have a problem with Morant not winning MVP. I will have a problem if he doesn't finish among the top five simply and largely because his team has gone 18-2 and two in games that he has missed. And that's the argument that I have heard over and over again about why Ja is not an MVP or even an MVP candidate. Anybody who wants to use that 18-2 and two record without him to keep him out of the first slot on the ballot, okay. But there are a couple of factors to consider that downplay the Grizzlies' success without him. First, there's who they played in those 20 games. 12 of the 20 were played against teams that, if the season ended today, would be in the lottery. In their most recent stretch of seven wins, one was against the Warriors, who were without Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steph Curry. And, just as Morant was going out with his latest injury, Dylan Brooks, who has missed most of the season made his return, and has averaged damn near 24 points a game. Furthermore, you couldn't ask for a better fill-in point guard than Tyus Jones, Dylan Brooks being a wing. Tyus Jones is Mr. Efficiency with the league's best assist-to-turnover ratio. He is the ideal facilitator in Ja's absence, especially with Brooks coming back. The ability, if Ja can't score, how do we get it to everybody else so we can get everybody taking a bite of the apple that job normally would eat all by himself. Tyus is the perfect answer. They are a top five team in both defensive and offensive efficiency. And a lot of the credit for that goes to their coach, Taylor Jenkins, who has done a terrific job of mixing and matching his pieces to compensate for Jaw's absence with and without Jaw, actually. Taylor reminds me a lot of Rick Adelman and his ability to take role players and put them in their sweet spot, which allows them to look like stars on any given night, depending on the matchups. And when a team defends as well as Memphis does on a nightly basis, 
it gives them a chance to win no matter who they're playing or who they have on the floor, especially in the regular season. So if you want to say it would be wrong to say that Ja carries the Grizzlies, I'm okay with that. It would not be wrong, however, to say that he inspires them to play the way they do, even in his absence. He is very much like Steph Curry in that even when he is on the bench, he makes his presence felt. It sounds simple, but not every star does it or is capable of doing it. The Grizzlies as a group also know what they are playing for. To get to the postseason with home court advantage, ideally, because they know what they have in Ja if they get there. A difference maker. He is one of those rare players capable of taking his game up another level in the postseason. His 30 points and 8 assists per game in the playoffs last year are higher averages than his regular season averages for any season, including this one. And if you question what the validity or meaning or significance of that is, go look at any number of players and what their averages are in the postseason versus what they do during the regular season. Generally, everybody goes down in percentage, shooting percentage, or overall numbers, or both. The game gets harder. Teams game plan for you, especially when it comes to stars. They want to take things away, and that's what they focus on. That didn't affect, that didn't affect Ja last year. It's the same feeling, as, as meaning the feeling that the Grizzlies have playing for and with Ja, that the Bulls had while they waited for Rose, Derrick Rose, to get back from his knee injury. Now, I even saw this phenomenon, the first time I saw this phenomenon, years ago, very beginning of my career, uh, with the Warriors, covering the Warriors. Chris Webber just arrived in town as a rookie, helped lead them to the playoffs for the first time in decades. Well, maybe not decades, but first time where they felt like they had a team that actually could be a title contender. And getting to the playoffs losing to the Suns in the first round was just, it was viewed as an appetizer. Everybody was expecting, here they come. In his second year, he missed the first eight games over a contract dispute. And I, well, I knew it was more than that. Uh, it ultimately, it was the relationship with Don Nelson, wanting owner Chris Cohan to give him some assurance that he would offer some sort of protection from Nelly's treatment. Uh, but in any case, it's technically a contract dispute. He missed the first eight games. Playing without him, the Warriors went 7-1. and one Because the guys on the team, and, and I knew this because I was the beat writer at the time, they thought it was just a matter of they, got, they would get it resolved. There's no way that, that this is going to turn out badly. So let's just keep it rolling because once Webb gets here, we're on our way. So they felt like they were just holding serve until the dispute was resolved. But instead, after eight games, the Warriors traded him to the Washington Wizards for Tom Gugliotta and a bunch of first-round picks. And it was like letting air out of a balloon. The Warriors would win seven more games that entire season. Dismiss that effect if you want. It's real. Sometimes a team wins because of its best player, and sometimes it also wins for that player. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Other comparisons between Ja and Derrick Rose have been made. Less optimistic ones. As in, the way in which he plays is sure to lead to injuries that will negatively impact his career. I would agree that at some point it would serve Jaw not to attack the rim with high-flying acrobatics on such a regular basis throughout every game, but I believe that will come as his three-point shooting and mid-range improve. He already has made massive strides in that department from last year to this, something that Rose did not turn his attention to until he had several devastating knee injuries. I also take into consideration that the two of them are built very different. Ja is a skinny rail, and his moves, while explosive, have a certain fluidity to them. He'll spin to the cup as often as he crosses someone over. Derek is built like a torpedo, and he wasn't just going aerial like someone shot out of a cannon. His change of direction on the floor was violent as well. More body mass plus more extreme torque equals more devastating injuries. But back to this year's MVP race. As of right now, I'd have a hard time leaving Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, Chris Paul, and Ja off of my ballot. And that means Luka Doncic would not make it. Now, I haven't filled out the, ba- the ballot yet, and I haven't made my decisions, my final decisions yet. I'm just saying, as of right now, this is the way it looks. This is the way I'm thinking. And I don't like having to leave Luca off, but there are a couple of reasons why I would. One, unlike any of the other candidates, he came into the season woefully out of shape and overweight by his own admission. The Dallas Mavericks, as a result, were a 500 team going into January. Two, he leads the league in usage rate. That is naturally going to inflate his numbers. The Dallas Mavericks are all about Luka Doncic, win or lose. So, if you are not winning at the same capability of other teams, uh, if, if they were winning more, if they were winning more than the Memphis Grizzlies, if they were winning more than the Philadelphia 76ers or the Phoenix Suns, then I would give more credit to Luka Doncic. But because they're not, then I can't. And if you're wondering when it comes to usage, Ja is fifth behind Doncic, Embiid, Giannis, and Trey Young. Doncic at 37% is a full 17% higher than Chris Paul. That's massive and actually quite remarkable when you think about how much the ball is in Chris Paul's hands. But how much are those plays run for Chris Paul? That's the distinction. 17% more plays are run for Luka Doncic than Chris Paul. Something to keep in mind and consider. Three, Doncic remains a defensive liability. And that can't be said for the five that I have on my ballot as of right now. Four, he also leads the league in turnovers per game with a whopping 6.3. 
That just can't be ignored. Five, the Grizzlies, in the case of the Grizzlies, are a full six games better than the Mavericks. And the reason I bring that up is because I think in most people's minds, the battle for making the ballot would probably come down to Ja and Luka. That Giannis and, well, maybe Chris Paul too. I'll throw that in there. The idea that Devin Booker is in that conversation, I can't remember who they played the other night, but it was a uh, thing was the Golden State Warriors. Perfect example. Devin Booker, massive, amazing talent. Does not know how to manage a game. Still plays a very immature game. But I digress. So uh, I would imagine that Embiid, Giannis, and Jokic are locks for everybody's ballot. It's going to come down to Doncic, Chris Paul, and... Jaw, as far as who gets the last two. And in the case of both the Suns and the Grizzlies, they have significantly better team records than what the Mavs have. Um, and I can't help but think that that might be different if Jaw hadn't come out of the gate blazing while Luka was dropping weight and struggling. Early performance counts just as much as late when it comes to MVP, at least on my ballot. It's why I'm a little reluctant to put Giannis at the top of my ballot. He wasn't out of shape at the beginning of the year, but it looked to me like he was coasting through the first part of the season, certainly compared to the way he's playing right now. And that is perfectly understandable. Shrewd and wise, considering he played later last season than any of the candidates other than Chris Paul. But it still merits consideration because we're talking about regular season MVP. The reason I'm rethinking it is that it appears to be paying off. He is asserting himself down the stretch like no other and showing off all the elements that he has added and perfected. The mid-range jumper, the playmaking out of double teams, and the clutch free throw shooting. So if the strategy of going a little slow, coming out of the gate slow, and then finishing with a flourish ends up earning the Bucks the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, that's hard to argue with in terms of a strategy. If, if Doncic did the same thing for different reasons, I would say, then I would be on board with that too. Bottom line is that when Giannis asserts himself, he looks to be the most unstoppable force. And one scout I spoke with, that's offensively, one scout I spoke with this week thinks he deserves Defensive player of the year for all the clutch defensive plays that he's made. Made a couple of them just in this past week. I can see the argument. I can't think of a superstar in the league right now who welcomes being a defensive stopper when the game is in the balance as much as Giannis does. The block he made against the 76ers and Embiid to seal the victory in that game, followed by his rush to double KD and force him to miss the potential game winner in regulation against the Nets, are just the two latest examples. And I am going to stop there with this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. I know I promised that I would talk about the Nets-Bucks battle between KD and Giannis, and I touched upon it just now. But I believe that deserves an episode all in and of itself. And to answer the bigger question, who's the better player right now and why? And are there any other candidates that we might need to consider? I will save that for the next episode, and I will get to that episode sooner rather than later. 
normally at this point in the week, I would be waiting until next week to bring the next episode. I'll either get another one out in the next 24 hours or over the weekend. I promise. So, please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And you already know what's going to be in the next episode. By the way, I want to give a quick shout out to my main sponsor, Mizzen and Main at MizzenandMain.com. That's M-I-Z-Z-E-N-A-N-D-M-A-I-N dot C-O-M. It is men's uh, fine clothing, except it's made out of performance wear. It's the stuff that I wear on TV. So looks like the most top-end clothes that you could have, but it is made out of the kind of material that you work out in. So feels great. Fits great. One of the little uh, added things that I enjoy about it right now is the collars have uh, the little underneath loop and a button. So keeps the collars in place. I don't know. I'm a stickler about that. Keeps them in place and you can still wear a tie with them. Looks neat and easy. Don't necessarily even need collar stays to make it look all that way. And as a benefit to you, my listeners... Uh, I really want you to try their shirts because I'm sure their their shirts, their slacks, their jackets, uh, you name it. They've got a whole array of stuff. I really want you to try them out because I know that you're going to like them as much as I do. Right now, you can use the promo code BUCHER, my last name, B-U-C-H-E-R-3-5, 35, BUCHER35, for $35 off your order. Check them out, mizzenandmain.com. All right. That's it for this episode. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.